Welcome to a Bible prophecy episode from Bible in 10, which we pray will help strengthen the body of Christ over the issue of the trouble in Afghanistan, so that we can take comfort about what we are seeing has been ordained by God in his unfailing word. Come close, you nations, and listen. Pay close attention, you peoples. Isaiah chapter 34 describes part of the campaign of war called the Battle of Armageddon, which occurs during the last three and a half years of the tribulation, a time still future to us. Cannot read Isaiah chapter 34 without chapter 35, for the comfort God will bring to his people. Chapter 34, verse 1. Come close, you nations, and listen. Pay close attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and everything in it, the world with all it produces. For the Lord is angry at every nation, furious with all their armies. He has completely destroyed them, handed them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. The stench will rise from their corpses. The mountains will flow with their blood. The whole host of heaven will decompose. The heavens themselves be rolled up like a scroll. All their array will wither away like a withering grape leaf that falls from a vine or a withered fig from a fig tree. For my sword has drunk its fill in heaven. Now it descends on Edom to judge them. The people I have doomed to destruction. There is a sword that belongs to the Lord. It is filled with blood, gorged with fat, filled with the blood of lambs and goats, gorged with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of requital for fighting with Zion. Its streams will be changed to tar, its dust to sulphur, its land burning tar that will not be quenched night or day. Its smoke will rise forever. In all generations it will lie waste. No one will pass through it ever again. Horned owl and hawk will possess it. Screech owl and raven will live there. He will stretch over it the measuring line of confusion and the plumb line of the empty void. Of its nobles, none will be called to be king and all its princes will be nothing. Thorns will overgrow its palaces, nettles and thistles its fortresses. It will become a lair for jackals, an enclosure for ostriches. Wildcats and hyenas will meet there, and billy goats call to each other. Night animals will lurk there and find themselves a place to rest. There, the hoot owl will nest, lay her eggs, hatch and gather her young in its shade. There, the vultures will assemble, every one with its mate. Consult the book of the Lord and read it. Not one of these will be missing. None will be lacking a mate, for by his own mouth he gave the order, and by his spirit he brought them together. It is he who cast 
the lot for them. His hand measured out their shares. They will possess it forever and live there through all generations. Isaiah chapter 35 The desert and the dry land will be glad. The Aravah will rejoice and blossom like the lily. It will burst into flower, will rejoice with joy and singing, will be given the glory of the Lebanon, the splendor of Carmel and the Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen your drooping arms and steady your tottering knees. Say to the faint-hearted, be strong and unafraid. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance. With God's retribution, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame man will leap like a deer and the mute person's tongue will sing. For in the desert, springs will burst forth streams of water in the Aravah, the sandy mirage will become a pool, the thirsty ground, springs of water. The haunts where jackals lie down will become a marsh filled with reeds and papyrus. A highway will be there, a way called the way of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it, but it will be for those whom he guides. Fools will not stray along it, no lion or other beast of prey will be there, travelling on it. They will not be found there. But the redeemed will go there. Those ransomed by the Lord will return and come with singing to Zion. On their heads will be everlasting joy. They will acquire gladness and joy, while sorrow and sighing will flee. Thus says the word of the Lord. From the complete Jewish study Bible, Isaiah 34 and 35. The sorrow will flee. In Matthew 24, Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. His followers came to be alone with him. They said, Tell us when these things will happen, and what will happen, to show us that it is time for you to come again, and for the world to end. Jesus answered, Be careful that no one fools you. Many people will come in my name. They will say, I am the Christ, and they will fool many people. You will hear about wars and stories of wars that are coming. But don't be afraid. These things must happen before the end comes. Nations will fight against other nations. Kingdoms will fight against other kingdoms. There will be times when there is no food for people to eat and there will be earthquakes in different places. These things are like the first pains when something new is about to be born. The Lord Jesus Christ describes wars, famine and earthquakes which precede his return to set up his earthly kingdom. Some non-believers mistake Jesus' patience in following his plan as a reason to continue to deny him. Yet the word of God says, life on earth will get worse, much worse, before he returns, not better. 
1948, the nation of Israel was reborn, just as the Bible predicted. So after a period of almost 2,000 years, Bible prophecy is unfolding again. Therefore, we are living in a special time in human history. No one knows when the Lord Jesus Christ will return and set up his kingdom. Certain events must happen before he does so. Events in the Middle East are shocking the world at the moment. But believers who understand the events through a correct interpretation of Bible prophecy can encourage those around them. Almost 20 years ago, the Bush administration responding to 9-11 went into Afghanistan. Trump made the decision to get the US and the Allies out and then the Biden administration pulled them out in a manner which could not have been better for the enemies of the West and Israel. John Solomon, writing on justthenews.com, August the 15th, 2021, described the events on the ground, quote, As Afghanistan descends into chaos, the Taliban announced on Sunday that they soon will declare the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. According to the Associated Press, with stunning speed, the Taliban broke through Kabul's defences on Sunday and entered the capital city to complete the takeover of Afghanistan after a 20-year American-led occupancy, forcing the country's president to flee amid negotiations for a peaceful surrender. US military scrambled to evacuate its embassy staff and capital city residents drained their bank accounts and sought to flee via airliners as a stunned Biden administration presided over a collapse of a two-decade US-led effort to root out extremists and terrorists from Afghanistan after the September 11, 2001 attacks on New York and Washington." End quote. There is a lot of political commentary on this, but what is the prophetic significance? The events in Afghanistan, whilst tragic from a human standpoint, confirm that God's perfect plan is approaching a shift in how he deals with his wife, the nation of Israel. Mail Online report that there are up to 40,000 allies behind enemy lines, many of whom are scheduled for martyrdom. We need to pray for these people. Pray that the Lord will comfort them and bless them and their families. Pray that we can learn from their bravery and be grateful for the freedom we have to worship and serve the Lord and to read and learn the Bible. Be grateful for the freedom we have to pray for these people in relative peace and safety. The Taliban have taken control of Afghanistan after the Biden administration's questionable policy of not getting the civilians out before the military pulled out. This is perhaps more easily understood by the subsequent news reported in the Telegraph that $85 billion worth of equipment, including 70,000 transport vehicles, as well as planes, money and weapons, were purposely left behind instead of being taken or at least destroyed. On the 28th of August, the BBC 
published an article which describes how the Taliban gets their money. I believe the spirit of the Antichrist is at work in the BBC, preparing deception about this massive transfer of wealth and machines. In the BBC article, they say the Taliban makes most of its money, $1 billion, from drug trading. The BBC are purposefully hiding information which is important for the general public to know about this huge transfer of wealth that the Taliban have just received. No mention of this was included in the BBC article, and yet this was known by the British press at least two days earlier than the date on this anonymous fact-check BBC article. So why is the BBC putting out propaganda for the Taliban? A deception which we need to be aware of. So the Taliban now has access to $85 billion of American military equipment. As the US makes an emergency exit from Afghanistan, it leaves behind 75,000 vehicles, 200 airplanes and helicopters, and 600,000 small arms. There are also apparently multiple warehouses, which contain mystery contents, which only high-ranking US Army officers had access to. It has recently come to light that these are all now in the hands of the Taliban too. What is happening in Afghanistan is prophetically significant. Not that the events themselves are the fulfillment of prophecy, but rather are the work of the spirit of Antichrist in preparation. Stage setting for the main event. Preparation is necessary since Bible prophecy cannot happen in a vacuum. For example, some people seem to think the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. But the mark of the beast will be something which is willingly accepted as being such a thing and is not something which is unwittingly administered, like a spiked drink. However, it is stage setting because it psychologically prepares the people for the need to take something on the arm in order to participate in the economy. Similarly, before an invasion can occur, nations and armies need to be positioned. There is coming against the nation of Israel in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, an invasion which is prophesied. Many Bible prophecy teachers and ministers have been talking about this for a long time. One of the participants in this end time invasion is Magog, according to Ezekiel 38 verse 2, from the word of God. Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him, New King James Version. This verse contains specific mentioning of nations, one of which is Magog. Where is the land of Magog, and who is Magog? As we learned in Bible in 10, episode 32, which looked at Genesis chapter 10, verse 2, Magog is one of the sons of Japheth, who is one of Noah's three sons, through whom the whole earth was repopulated after the global flood. Knowing this helps us to try to understand why such terrible things are happening in Afghanistan right now. So all we need to do is figure out where did Japheth's second son settle, since this is who the Spirit of God directed Ezekiel to predict will be a participant in this still future end time invasion. To help us with this, 
we can reference two extra-biblical sources of material. The first is Josephus's Antiquities, which tells us in 161 that Magog founded those that from him were named Magogites or Magogites, but who are by the Greeks called Scythians. The second is the Encyclopedia Britannica, which says that around the 8th century to the 7th century BC, a little before the time of Ezekiel, the Scythians moved from Central Asia to Southern Russia. Therefore, we can deduce that the Scythians are the nations of an area that we call Central Asia, which represents Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Tagoikstan, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, as well as the Ukraine. So these are the modern nations who are identified by the biblical name Magog. Knowing the modern and biblical names for nations helps us to know how to see things happening in the news and ascertain why they are prophetically significant. The invasion described in Ezekiel 38 verses 1 to 17 has Russia, who is named as Rosh, involved in this coalition. So we ought to expect some cooperation between Rosh and Magog or Russia and Afghanistan. Another player involved is China. China is not directly named in the Bible, but is alluded to in the book of Revelation, in the sixth trumpet judgment, and also in the book of Revelation in the sixth bold judgment. It is the vast horde called the Kings of the East. This army of 200 million, which is going to essentially, according to prophecy, move from the far east across the Euphrates River, which is that geographical marker delineating the far east from the Middle East into northern Israel for the final battle of Armageddon. The book of Revelation talks about this final horde as moving. Not only do they kill a third of the world's population, but the Euphrates River itself is supernaturally dried up to expedite the path. And you can see that prediction in Revelation chapter 9. And at no time in history up until this point would they have been able to put forward a 200 million man army. When John wrote Revelation in the first century, there would not have been 200 million people on the planet, let alone an army of 200 million coming from this area in the east. Revelation chapter 9 verse 14 to 16 from the International Children's Bible. The voice said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Free the four angels who are tied at the great river Euphrates. These four angels had been kept ready for this hour and day and month and year. They were freed to kill a third of all the people on the earth. I heard how many troops on horses were in their army. There were 200 million. And then it seems the process continues in Revelation 16 verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. The water in the river was dried up. This prepared the way for the kings from the east to come. What is the biblical basis for saying this is China? It is an army to the east 
capable of bringing forward 200 million. John F. Volvard, in his Revelation commentary, page 166 and 236, identifies China by name all the way back in 1966. Quote, if considered a literal enumeration of the army, it would represent the largest armed force ever known to man. Considering the millions of people in the Orient, the literal interpretation is not impossible, especially in view of the population explosion. The passage is best understood as referring to the kings of the East, literally. Of the sun rising, referring to Oriental rulers, who will descend upon the Middle East in connection with the final world conflict described a few verses later. The reasons seem to be weak in taking the prediction in other than its literal meaning. The rising powers of parts of the Orient in our day, in countries such as Japan, China, India, as well as lesser nations, make such an invasion a reasonable prediction." End quote. There could be other nations as well as China involved in this Kings of the East classification, but there is strong evidence to support China is being alluded to in these passages. Before we tie together what we have said, we have articulated a prophetic coalition between Magog, which would include Afghanistan, and Rosh, or Russia. That is from Ezekiel chapter 38. And included China, which is predicted in Revelation chapter 9 and 16. If you look at a map of Afghanistan and China, you can see there is a section of Afghanistan's territory which funnels right up to the border of China. The Bible predicts a coalition between Afghanistan and China and it fits the geopolitical map very neatly indeed. Now notice this article from Forbes, Robert Hart, August the 16th, 2021. The headline reads, China and Russia caught the Taliban as Western powers scramble to flee Afghanistan. So the West is pulling out of Afghanistan, but Russia and China are courting the Taliban in Afghanistan. Listen to a snippet from this news article and decide for yourself if it sounds a little like Bible prophecy. Quote, As Western nations ramp up efforts to shutter embassies and evacuate civilians from Afghanistan following the fall of Kabul to the Taliban, China and Russia made overtures on Monday that suggest they could be among the first countries to recognize the group as leaders of the country. The Taliban declared the war in Afghanistan over after it retook the capital, Kabul, with little resistance on Sunday. The swifter than expected takeover sparked a scrambling exodus of diplomatic staff, foreign nations, and in some instances, local Afghan staff. The Taliban's takeover follows the withdrawal of American troops after two decades of conflict. As the troops were withdrawing, Taliban delegates visited officials in Moscow, in Beijing, to provide assurances the group's gains in Afghanistan would not threaten Russian or Chinese interests. End quote. Dr. Randy Woods ties these threads together as such. In 1979, Persia or Iran becomes hostile to Israel, just as Ezekiel 38 says. Flash forward to 2021, and the US pulling out of Afghanistan allows the Taliban to assume authority in Afghanistan. That's Magog fitting into place. Then, in the article from Forbes, which was just read, the Taliban and China and Russia are all plotting together. Well, that's Rosh, joining with Magog, and also the kings of the East. So the identical coalition that the Bible predicts is now forming right before our eyes. 
Let's look at what Zechariah says about this first in chapter 12, verse 3. One day, all the nations on earth will come together to attack Jerusalem. But I will make Jerusalem like a heavy rock. Anyone who tries to move it will get hurt. Then in chapter 14, verse 2, Zechariah writes, I will bring all the nations together to fight Jerusalem. They will capture the city and rob the houses. The women will be raped. Half the people will be taken away as captives, but the rest won't be taken from the city. Zechariah twice predicts all nations, all of Israel's neighbours will come against her. So when the Western influence is removed from Afghanistan and the Taliban assumes control of that area of the world, this is adding to the potential fulfilment of this prophecy. Now, terrorism and an Islamic ideology with vastly enhanced military means, plus superpower backing from China and Russia and state-of-the-art left-behind US military hardware is now engaged in this part of the world, which is exactly what Zechariah predicted twice would happen. This puts Israel in a position where she has to reach out to anyone, even the Antichrist, to guarantee her survival. This is predicted in Daniel 9 verse 27. That leader, the Antichrist, will make an agreement with many people for seven years. He will put a stop to offerings and sacrifices after three and a half years. And the horrible thing that destroys will be placed on the highest point of the temple. But God has ordered him to be destroyed. The many people is Israel. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum writes this commentary about this verse. Daniel 9 verse 27 speaks of an individual making a seven-year covenant with the Jewish nation. This person is better known in Christian circles as the Antichrist. When he signs a seven-year covenant with Israel, the last seven years of God's prophetic time clock for Israel begin ticking away. This is the starting point of the seven years of the tribulation. This covenant with the Antichrist is more likely to be agreed by Israel now that help from the West is no longer in her own neighbourhood. Prior to the departure, there will be no incentive for Israel to enter into a deal with the devil. By the way, the treaty with the Antichrist is a deal with the devil and this is found in Isaiah 28 verse 15 and 18, which reads, You say, we have made an agreement with death, we have a contract with death, when punishment passes by, it won't hurt us. We will be safe with our lies. We will hide behind our tricks. And in verse 18, your agreement with death will be erased. Your contract with death will not help you. When punishment comes, you will be crushed by it. So the agreement Israel is destined to make with the Antichrist is called an agreement with death. The Allied forces pull out from Afghanistan and the ascendancy of the Taliban in Afghanistan is prophetically significant because now the forces living in Israel's neighborhood have not just left her but have in effect turned the very guns which were protecting her against her and then magnified the problem by drawing the force of China, the kings of the east and Russia closer to the stage. We don't know how clear the prophetic picture is going to get. Maybe it will become even clearer than this. But what we are seeing now makes it easier for us to see that Israel now has a stronger motive to sign a deal, any deal, which they think will give them peace. 
It is important to see why this is prophetically significant in order to serve the Lord in our communities. People are living without hope after the plague of COVID and now the rumour of war in the Middle East. We must be able to show that the God of heaven's armies is in control. We can do that by explaining that we are living at the end of the end times and that all that is happening is within God's perfect plan. As humans, we want to see a different outcome. I hear people say, if God exists, why does he not come now and fix everything? This was just what the first century Jews were calling for. They rejected their Messiah because he would not solve their earthly problem, namely the cruel Roman invasion. Today, the lost members of our community are making the same bad judgment. As believers, our hope is not in this world. It is in the blessed hope of Christ's sudden return for his bride, the universal church of all those born again of the Holy Spirit, who believe without works that Jesus died for their sin, was buried and rose again. Have you made that decision? Call him while he is near. No matter how hard, how sorrowful our lives are, and with the news from Afghanistan, we can imagine the sorrow within the body of Christ. But this sorrow will flee. The word of God decrees it. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah and Amen.